Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Gaia Beck, the founder of Chippin' In, crowdfunding for kids. They are the first of its kind platform that is specifically aimed at children to ask friends and families to chip in for a birthday present or special event. Saying goodbye to money in envelopes and unwanted gifts, Gaia is passionate about educating the next generation in a fair and equal way. She is here today to share her story and all her learns along the way. So welcome. It's great to have you here on an episode with us. Thank you. It's great to be here. So tell us a little bit more about your role at Chipping In and what that actually entails. I can imagine you've been really busy. I have. So I suppose I'm sort of the jack of all trades. Chipping In, as the founder, you do everything at this stage. The only thing I probably don't do is the coding. So I, I have a, a co-founder who helps me with, the, well, helps me. He does the coding. <laughs> And um, yeah, I pretty much do everything else at this point, but we've just grown our team. So we've managed to hire a graphic designer who has been massively helpful in just bringing the idea into a much better visual state. And also we've just managed to get um, a marketing person on board. So that's taken some of that weight off my hands now. I can just imagine you, before you were able to grow it to that size, that you were just handling absolutely everything. Take us back to those beginnings, you know, when it was a light bulb moment and you were thinking, this is a problem that I know I can solve. So it was this time last year, we were in lockdown and it was my son's birthday. He was turning nine and he was going to have to have his party on Zoom, which is a big disappointment to him. And of course, one of the parts of the disappointment was not getting presents for his birthday. And that gave me the thought when I was explaining, but usually you get too many presents and you don't want many of them and we don't have anywhere to store them. But of course, it's like, but I still want presents. And we searched the internet for some way to politely suggest the people that came to the party could give a present. But apart from something like GoFundMe that didn't feel right, or a, a wedding guest list, a wedding gift list. There was nothing that was just really specifically for children. And, and that gave us the idea for chipping in. It's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because so many of these modern day fintechs are being born out of a problem that you, that you face and, and how you can start to solve it. But I think also you've kind of got to be in a 
in a place in your life where you're able to look at that problem and think I'm the one that can solve it. So it'd be great for you just to tell us a bit more about your personal journey, your career journey and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. Yeah, Nadia, you're completely right because if it had been a few years ago, it would have just been an, an idea that you often say, oh, wouldn't it be great if this existed? But a few years ago, maybe it was about three years ago, I started working in tech. So I worked for a cybersecurity company and they were a startup. They raised a million just before I joined and another million at the end. And we traveled around a lot, going to a lot of conferences, which involve fintech. And that's when I really realized that anyone can start a startup. You know, it's, it's the same way as starting any business. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a very similar business progression to start a tech a startup. So that's why it became a bit more than an idea. From there, I started to do seminars specifically for black women in tech and then for women from diverse backgrounds in tech. And that really made me want to have my own tech product. So I said, the next time I host one of those events, I'll actually be talking about starting my, my own tech company. See, I love hearing that because you're so right. How many times do we all say, oh, someone should find a solution for this. And it's great that you said, well, actually, I'm going to be that somebody. And I love hearing about all the work that you do to help uh, women from different backgrounds get into technology and also when they're within technology. And I, I know that this is very much around what you do with focus to events, but also you've had some personal experience when you've been at events. And now you're very, very clear to have inclusive events and being the, the right host within that to make sure they're inclusive. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I run an events company as well. And from my experience with those events and to the events I attended in the tech scene, it, there was one common theme and that was that women weren't treated as well as I think they should be. So we were very often subjected to sexual harassment in events or we weren't valued. If I go into when I used to be a club promoter, in fact, women were only even allowed in the club if they looked good enough. And then in the tech companies events that I went to, if you looked good enough, you were gonna be sexually harassed because you were probably only amongst a handful of women in the room. So it really made me want to create a safe space for women who wanted to work in tech where it wasn't about their looks. There wasn't a huge amount of jargon used that was really going to alienate a lot of the women that perhaps weren't yet in tech, but wanted to get into tech. It really focused on inclusion and making women believe that this was a space that they should be seen in. I think that's just so, so pertinent, you know, the way that you say that about creating a safe space for women in tech especially right now you know within the financial services technology scene and the fintech scene of which i'm so active within people are often asking the question how can we attract more women to our company and i always say actually the question you should be asking is how can we make our company more attractive to women you know it's a, it's a different different nuance but it's a hugely different way of looking at it and i think you're so right when it comes to events people should be thinking 
not about how do we attract more women, how do we make this a safe space for women? How do we ensure that women feel like they belong here? And I think it's incredible all the work that you're doing to allow that to happen. And when we post this pod, we need to make sure we put links to all of that so people can be arriving at your next event. Now, tell us a little bit more about the education um, that you're so passionate about for Next Generation. Yeah, so we've started working with a company called Ultra Education and they specialize in teaching entrepreneurship to children. They have a focus on children who are from disadvantaged backgrounds and we've partnered with them on a specific project they're doing for children in Brent, which is to help 300 black boys um, become entrepreneurs. Brent Council has supported this and we're going to provide the platform. We've waived all our fees for the boys to raise funds from their friends and family. There's been a lot of studies that show entrepreneurship in young people improves their grades, improves their confidence, and just really gives them a much higher chance of success in later life. So we're hoping that when their family and community support them for this goal, it helps them succeed because there's so many challenges you face when you're trying to start even a cupcake shop. And that might be that you just don't have the food processor or you don't have the ingredients. And with a little funding and a little support and everybody encouraging you, I think that that will help a lot of children who do lack confidence make their first achievement. And that first achievement is really what makes you know you can succeed the next one and the next one. So it's just so inspiring to hear this because, again, all the people that I'm speaking to within this industry are often saying, what can I do to give back? What can I do to do more? And it's brilliant to hear, you know, that you're waiving your fees, you're supporting 300 young children. Like, this is incredible. Like, what that's going to do to change their lives. And this opportunity will, will just be steeped in, you know, their confidence for the future. It's just brilliant to hear. And leads me really nicely on to my last question, which is always my favourite question. But what would you say is your call to action with regards to what more we should all be doing for workplace inclusion? I think it's, as you mentioned before, it's allowing people to understand it's, it's not just hiring someone from a different background. It's understanding why they might not feel comfortable when they're there and ensuring that you've addressed that. You know, I really think it's about talking to people from different backgrounds, from different abilities, and understanding what are the points of working here that really make your job harder. You know, not just physically harder, but emotionally harder. And believing them when they tell you and then doing something about it. And that's what I found wasn't being addressed. When I spoke up and said, this makes me uncomfortable. I I was just told, well, this is the way it goes. And if you want to work here, you've got to get with the program. And I felt like, no, now you have different people working here. The program needs to change. Yeah, and I love that. I might quote you on that. The program needs to change. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and look, it's been just so brilliant hearing about everything that you're doing from your events company to what you're doing with Chipping In. Um, 
uh, supporting Next Generation to come into this wonderful industry. And it's just been brilliant to listen to real stories and real drivers for change. Um, and thank you so much for bringing that to this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation. And I'll make sure that we do lots of links to your company pages and to you and anybody listening to this, if you want to reach out to Kia, I know that she'll be really happy for that. But thank you so much for joining me on the Women of Fintech podcast series. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure for me as well.